Welcome to the Parenting Cipher, where each episode will give you the tools and resources to help your child thrive in school and in life. Please rate and review this podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback. And also hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. So how is everybody doing? Well, for me right now, it's going well. I'm going to tell you what, though. I'm tired of virtual school. I don't know about that. That's a conversation that, you know, I feel like (laughs) is going on a lot right now. And going into the new year, you know, I feel like we need to step into a space of possibilities and like reframing this thing, kind of looking back on what we learned in 2020 as far as virtual school. But before I go there, I just want to be real with y'all for a minute now. I'm tired of virtual school. I'm tired of it because I come up with all different types of ways to make this thing work. And just like anything with kids, things change all the time. So you think you got it. I'll be, I'm winning, I'm winning. And then boom, I get hit with something else. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah, but I'm also realizing that the reason why I'm tired of virtual school per se is really I'm just not doing as much self-care as I possibly can because we're in lockdown. I'm with the boys all the time. And even though my son keeps saying I need more quality time, I'm with you all the time. And I think I'm feeling it right about now. (laughs) That's how I'm feeling. I don't know about everybody else, but I'm feeling some kind of way. And doing the virtual school every day with different nuances. And I have my little tips and tricks. I'm going to share them in a minute. But in this moment right now, we're just going to be able to all breathe and accept the fact that we may or we may not. I am be tired of virtual school, right? Can I get an amen? Now, understanding that yes, we're tired of virtual school, but also realizing that we may be tired because we're not actually getting enough time for ourselves. And I actually will have a guest next week, Cabrina Williams, who is from Scratch Made Consulting, and she specializes in helping parents with special needs kids get their self-care on. And I'm gonna tell you, she is freaking awesome. And I will be definitely working with her and I learn a couple of things. And that's why right now when I'm talking to you, all right now, I'm tired of virtual school, but it's a little bit more than that. You know, there's a piece of I'm not getting enough me time and self-care time or just downtime, depending on how you want to look at it. But that's, you know, where I am. So we get to step in that space for a minute. I like to consider it sitting on the corner. You know, sometimes things happen in your life. And in my mind, when that happens, I feel like I'm sitting on the corner and I'm breathing and I'm wondering like, oh man, sister tired. And then I sit on the corner for a little while and I'm like, all right, time to get up, brush yourself off. Let's start something new. So I've had my moment of I'm tired of virtual school. Let me count the ways. I did I count the ways? I don't think I did, but here's the ways. I'm tired of having to remember to put him on all day, even though I do have been using Alexa to help me out. Sometimes we forget, but kind of tired of that. I'm tired of arguing with my son. Every time he has to come back after his five minute breaks, he gets frequent breaks, which is awesome. I hope your children are getting frequent breaks. If they are not, check into that because they may need those frequent breaks. For my son, he needs them just so he could decompress and re-engage. And I let him do whatever he wants for his five minutes, but we also have an agreement. So with that being said, if Alexa goes off and tells him it's time to go back to class, he's like, okay, now let me tell him. But mom, I didn't have enough moments. It wasn't that long. 
dude, I need to go back to class, you know? And then we have the conversation with the schools when he misses a class. And actually he had 11 absences. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why you have 11 absences? And I'm like, are you counting absences per class or per day? And they told me we count them per class and per day. That's not a good look for me. No, we need to be counting it per day. He may miss like the morning class or he may have some difficulties. So basically I learned that you have to communicate, right? They missed a class, let them know they missed a class, why they missed a class, so it can be excused. Which is really important for me because my kids go to a private school that's federally funded. So even though we know in pandemic, I'll be honest with y'all, I don't trust nobody. You can say whatever you want to say, you know, they have rules, you know, it's a pandemic, we're not going to do A, B, C, and D. I'm just going to stay on top of everything because that's what happens. That makes me feel secure. So now let's flip the script for a minute and move into what I say this season was about, the space of possibilities. So what does that look like? At this point, we are still doing remote virtual learning. And hopefully when we move into the fall, it'll be different. Fall of 2021. But right now, this is the space we're in. So I wanted to talk to everyone about what we can do to make it a little different for ourselves and our kids. And to do that, we have to kind of look at what's working, what's not working. I have been checking in with different things that I've observed during virtual school with my child. So teacher-student interaction. Do you feel like as you're listening, because you know we in the background sometimes, do you feel like the teacher is interacting with your child appropriately? Are they paying attention to them? Are they ignoring them? Those type of things. I would advise keep notes about that. Because even though it's during COVID, people are going to be people. So if they're doing it, doing virtual when they know you're around, what will they be doing in the classroom? So this is a moment we get to check in with the things that we have observed during virtual school and prepare to take them into the real school setting where we can't be there all the time, right? So most definitely checking with that, make a little voice note, anything that you can so that you can kind of look back on that later. Another thing, independence, depending on your child's special ability, we have to check in with ourselves about, are we supporting our children? Or are we doing it for them? So I thought I was supporting my child because he had to get onto his Google Classroom and pull up certain assignments. Now look, it's easier for me to do that because I can walk away because I work from home. And I got a call from the school, man. And they're like, not a call, but an email. And we actually had a conversation. We had our parent-teacher conference. And I hope that everyone has been receiving their parent-teacher conference and checking in with teachers, special education coordinators, and the therapists as well. And if you're not doing that, then initiate it through email. It doesn't necessarily have to be voice-to-voice. So you can keep those for your records. So I get this email and actually it was two things. I got an email asking me to take a picture of my son's workspace because he says he doesn't have certain things and they want to support him. Okay, don't know why we need to do that because I'm here. Yeah, follow me now, right? So then we're on the call and basically they're saying when he was in the classroom, he was more independent and they find now that he is not. Well, okay, so uh, what we saying? You're saying I'm not helping. So what I realized was sometimes support is actually us doing it because it's easier for us. And sometimes it's the back and forth with them. It could just be different things, but we need to clock in with that. You know, I had to clock in with that. And if you have to, then, you know, you have to, if you don't, you don't. But I'm one of those people I had to clock in with that and really understand the difference between support and doing it for him. 
So that's one of the things that I learned. I also paid attention to my son's attention span and how he learns because I would say to him, look at the screen. Well, you're not paying attention because he's not looking at the screen. But then I started to notice that when they would ask him questions, he knew all the answers. So that's something for me to note, period, because every year or whenever he has new teachers, that might come up. And I can actually say, even though he's not making eye contact, it does appears as though he's not paying attention. If you want to make sure he's paying attention, just ask him what's actually occurring. Because that was like a really good lesson for me because I was like, dude, you are not paying attention. And those are the kind of things that I suggest you do is check in with. Now, I also noticed some things with social worker. And I will address this later, probably in season three. I want to get a social worker on the podcast because I want to know what it exactly is that you do. Um, So my son has a social worker at his school and she helps the children learn how to interact socially. But... She will ask him questions like, so Xavier, I noticed that you weren't paying attention in class. And I'm like, whoa, like that's an accusation. So he's like, I ain't paying attention in class. And I'm like, why are you only talking to my son? So, I mean, I might be on a little like defense thing, but it just seemed odd to me. So my antennas, my mama antennas are all the way up. And I'm like, but you know, don't trip, you know, just keep focusing, just keep focusing. We moved. And she asked him a question like, hey, Xavier, you moved. Did you move? Like he mentioned something about moving. She was like, oh, I didn't know you moved. Well, why would you know if we move because you're the social worker, not administration? And then I get this email saying, oh, Xavier mentioned to me that you moved. I hope you reported your address change to the school. Well, boop, hold up. Wait a minute. Why would I not? do that. And who are you to be asking me about that? What's really going on? So now I'm like, mm, I don't like you. But I'm like, okay, <laughs> Ooh, wait, wait, hold up. What do social workers do? This kept going through my head. So we come into the second quarter and, you know, she and I talk and she says, you know, I would like to see Xavier be more independent and volunteer when the teacher asks questions because he's really vocal. Now, look, if you listen to my last season, My son has a lot to say when he has something to say, point blank, period. So I said, okay, well, you know, I support that goal. It's in alignment with his individual education plan. Let's see how this thing go. Because a lot of times they'll recommend goals. And my response in my head is, let's see how this thing go. (laughs) Because I already know. And But sometimes I get surprised. Sometimes I don't know. But you know. So here we go. So I am listening to the conversation between him and a social worker. And she starts off by saying, you know, Xavier, your mom and I spoke and um, we want you to have some new goals with volunteering and taking initiative. So Xavier says, "Uh uh-huh, okay. So she's like, do you know what that means? And he's like, yes, that means that I raise my hand when I have something to say. So she's like, well, not just when you have something to say. So when the teacher asks a question, I would like it if she didn't have to call on you. His response is why? So she's like, well, I would like to see you take the initiative. So Xavier is like, "Uh, yeah, no, mm -mm, okay, let's see where you're going with it. So this is when my antenna went up, when she said to him, well, Xavier, don't you want to get good grades? Xavier says, I already get good grades. Well, don't you want to get better grades? He said, I already get good grades. Well, you could get better grades if you would volunteer in class. He says, well, I speak when I have something to say. So she was like, well, you know, you're so vocal and you always have these good points. And he says, yes, and I speak when I have something to say. Oh, okay, so I guess you don't want to get better grades. Does that sound a little shady to you? I mean, let me know. If you think this sounds a little shady, please DM me and let me know. Because I'm like, it's a little, a little manipulative. 
I'm not feeling it. I ain't feeling it at all. So I like to put the pen to paper, email, whatever. You know, I emailed her and asked her about that because I don't necessarily like the way that you are approaching him at all. It's a little bit of intimidation to me. It's a little bit of interference. Like he's not going to get good grades because he won't do what you want him to do. And in reality, he responds when he has something to say. He responds when he's asked a question. So yeah, leave little dude alone. But this is just an example of like little things that you have to pay attention to that may niggle. Like you just get a little feeling and you kind of your antennas go up. Like write it down somewhere, you know, write it down, jot it down, do a voice note. Whatever needs to be done. This occurred on January 2nd. Teacher said so-and-so-and-so. Just so you can refer back. Because trust and believe, if you really want to not make it an issue, but it's something that you are concerned with and it comes back up. It may come back up when they're actually in school in person. You actually have something to go back and like refer to. So that's just something we really have to pay attention. Like I know it's crazy and I know it can be overwhelming, but it's the little things. And those things that's kind of like nickel, you know, kind of bother you a little bit, but you, you move and you're doing so much. We are doing a lot. And make a note, loop back around. Might be something we could use in person school conversation. I also wanted to talk about compensatory education. So this thing right here is good. But it's something in it that disturbs me. So if you don't know what compensatory education is, compensatory education is when a child is missing services and a plan is put in place to replace what they've missed, which is great. It's awesome. Like, for instance, if you live in an area where your child's supposed to get speech for an hour and they actually are not providing that through virtual, or if your child's supposed to get an hour of speech and they decide to make it 30 minutes because of time constraints, then they're supposed to replace what's lost. That's great. That's beautiful. My concern with that is our states utilizing that as an excuse not to provide the services that your child is entitled to. And that's just something for you to think about. I think about it all the time. I'm actually saying, look, social worker again, you know, she sends me this email. She says to me, well, Xavier is not actually participating in our one-on-ones. The purpose of this particular class is for Xavier and the other child to socialize. And because Xavier has missed one or two sessions, you know, it's not fair to the child. Okay. But he missed that many. And I told the front desk that he wasn't going to be there because, you know, he was sick. So what's really going on? So at first I said to myself, it's okay because he don't want to talk to <laughs> He don't want to talk to that kid anyway. <laughs> I know, I know, but I'm just saying. But then I said, oh, wait a minute, hold up, hold up. Let me go look at my IEP. He gets, I think his IEP states that he gets three hours of occupational therapy. And this particular part of occupational therapy is the social piece. So if you're taking him out of this class, that's 30 minutes, and he only sees you for 30 minutes, then he's not getting his time. So my antenna goes up because I'm thinking, you're sending this to me via email. You have a CC, the special education coordinator. It's just you and I, and you want me to confirm. You want me to say yes. Nah, let's clear this thing up real good. So I went, guys, IP, got the exact amount of hours. You know, I emailed her. I said, well, these are the amount of hours that he's supposed to receive. These are his goals. So are you telling me that you're going to be able to reach his goals in that one hour? So then she's like, well, no. And wait a minute. And let's be clear. Are you trying to amend his IP? She came back. She's like, oh, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that I'm trying to amend his IP. Given 
the amount of time that he has with me. And then he also has it in class. So I was like, okay, let me go back and look at this IP again, because I know that there is a subsection where they have, it's like in class instruction, out of class instruction. So I look at it. I do my calculations and I'm still like, mm, nah, let me go talk to someone else because what you won't do is have me in an IEP meeting and he doesn't reach his goals and you say, well, I talked to you, Ms. Dawkins, and you said, okay. So just be leery of that. Just pay attention to conversations that you're having with people who are giving, providing services to your child. Make sure that they are providing the amount of hours. If they're not providing the amount of hours, then it's up to you to notate that they haven't received those hours. So when we go back and they need that compensatory education, you can actually advocate for it. It won't be a space of, oh, they received it and then you can't remember. Like, come on, man, we got too much going on. We ain't got time to remember everything. But you can't remember it. And it's always about the paper in your notes. It's always that way. So like I said, whatever, you got an app for that. You got to take a voice note, you know, and later on you can put it in your notes do it. This is those times that we're working in. And even though right now we're in this pandemic, we know that our children are already in this battle of being behind. And now we have this pandemic. And the only way that we can ensure that they're taken care of is to have our stuff in order where we can actually advocate. And it's always about proof. He says, she say, you know, keep those emails. If you have a question, send an email. That's the quickest way to get your notes, to get your evidence, because you might not do that little voice note, but you know, you'll keep those emails. So always keep your emails. If you haven't been, keep all emails for later on. And then the other thing is planning goals. So once again, we're in the space of possibilities. You know, possibilities means we're looking at things from a different lens. We're not going to look at it from like, oh my goodness. We're going to look at it from like, what can we do? And planning goals is one of the ways you can keep your eyes on a prize and build in space for yourself and your child. So in this conversation right now, it's going to be a little bit, a little, little bit of everything. So let's talk about the individual education plan goals for a minute. You always want to make sure that they're specific, measurable, attainable, result-oriented, and time-bound. You want them to be smart, right? And your child's IEP goals, they're in the IEP document. You know, coming into this new year, it's always a good idea to refresh yourself on what your child's goals are. Talk to your child about the goals, you know, depending on their ability to understand it. Talk to them about the goals. You know, there's different things you can do with that. One, for yourself, you need to know what the goals are so that you can hold the school accountable. For your child, you need to know, but you can play around with the goals. So if the goals is to... For your child to learn 10 sight words and be able to say it 10 out of 15 times independently. That could be a goal for your child. You could talk about it and find different ways to play around with it if you so choose. But have a rewards chart. That could be a goal. If your child has like behavioral goals, you're in virtual school. You know, I incentivize my kids. Okay. So what I do for my boys is if he makes sure he gets on, he doesn't give me any slack, you know, getting back on, he does his work. We do family time. So I realized with my oldest son, he kind of felt punished because after school was over, his school has an academic support time at the end of the day. But because he's in virtual school, he's like, nah, I ain't going to do it. Work is falling behind. So then I'm like, oh, you have to do your work. He feels some kind of way about it. So I created family time because, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. So I decided that during that time, Zave can catch up, do homework, 
but we call it family time. But we all sit on computers and we do our work. So, you know, make sure that they keep up their goals. There's also family goals. What is everyone doing as a family to stay sane? But not just not just because of pandemic, okay? Just period, throughout the year. Like, family vacations, trips, like, engage the kids, the whole family, like, talk about it, plan it. You know, that's something that could also get kids hyped up. Like, come on, man, you only got two more weeks. Oh, we're going to do this. Like, whatever that looks like. Your personal goals, that's important, especially going into a new year. Setting at least, at least one, guys. Like, come on now. One. One personal goal. I would say more, but just one. One goal that you say is just your intention. Like, this is what you're setting your intention to do, right? Not a resolution. We're talking about resolutions right now. We're talking about intentions. Like, this is what I'm intending to do permanently for the year. <laughs> write it down. If we don't write stuff down, I like to say it's in the ether. It's in the air. I forget stuff. I ain't, ain't gonna lie. When stuff is written down, I'm more liable to go back to it and refer to it. So think about sitting there planning goals for your family, for your personal life, academic goals, and I have a binder. It's called a Joyful Family Planner. And it's a place where you can keep all those goals in one place. So you don't have to look at the IP every time you want to figure out what's the goal. You don't have to. Every day you can see what everyone's goal is and what they're supposed to get accomplished. Like I had to create something where it was like a one stop. Because when I would get these planners, it would seem like it was all about either all about the kids or all about me. And I needed one place. So, you know, if you want to get the Joyful Family Planner, the link is in the show notes. I also give away a free week. So check out the show notes, try it out, set up some goals. And of course, it's the cipher. I'm like, I have so much I want to talk to you guys about. I'm going to wrap it up though, because I'm going to do something new. So I definitely want to talk about how to implement IEPs remotely. So it's a little bit more in-depth conversation. And I actually did a presentation on it, which I'm going to put in the show notes. So check it out. And on Friday, this Friday, I really want to talk a little bit more about compensatory education. So check me out on IG Live. And of course, it's the cypher and we wrapping it up. And what's the song? The song is I'm Bad by LL Cool J. Why is that the song? Of course, it's the jam. Anyone knows the song? It's the jam. It gets me hype. And I'm throwing it in the cypher because I want you to know and you feel it. I'm bad. I'm bad. You bad. When we step into these spaces where we are not sure of ourselves or how much we know, that's that I'm bad space. I think my very first, not my very first IEP, but the first IEP that I went up in there and I had all my documentations, you know, I walked out that meeting like, I'm bad, right? And when he says, I'm the pinnacle, that means I reign supreme and I'm notorious. I crush you like a jelly bean because I'm bad. That's how I felt. That's all I'm saying. So, Step into this new space of possibilities and know that you bad and you got this. Thank you so much for listening. If this content is delivering value to you, please subscribe and go to wherever you listen to your podcast and give us a five-star review. That helps us build this community. And that's what we're all about, building this community as big as we can to deliver as much value as we can. The Parenting Cypher podcast 
is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company. And the executive producer, myself, Jeannie Dawkins. Until next time, remember to be patient with yourself and your child. Thank you.